Welcome back to another episode of The Out Here Show, a remote recording of The Out Here Show because the season has started, so we're going around from Chance's house to my house and back, so remote podcast this time around. And we're talking about new tips for deer hunters and how Andre de Acuesto, if I say that name right, uh, hunts deer, right? Scouts bucks. Scouts yeah. bucks. And we're also going to talk to Zach. So to start this podcast off, we're going to get back to a conversation with Zach Farrenbaugh of The Hunting Public. Taking a quick uh, uh, tangent, I guess, we were talking in one of our podcasts before this about some of the hunting sayings that we don't like people saying or things that like kind of like pet peeves that people say. So what's the what's the hunting saying that you hate hearing people say? Put, I can't remember. Putting you on remember the spot. What we said? Um, we said like, uh, he's on the hit list or he'll be a good one next year or I smoked him. I think well, those were my top three. Do you have any that come to mind? Ma'am, I think, um, I think one thing that a couple pet peeves of mine are like, we have the hardest, like, you know, it's like, man, we got the hardest turkeys down here. <laughs> you know, our, our bucks are just, these, these bucks in the mountains, man, they're just smarter. Like those, all those, those things are like my pet peeve or it's like, well, first off, have you ever even hunted anywhere else? <laughs> any different? And, and second, it's like, you know, if that's the case, then. Um, I don't know. I I guess I think that every place has its challenges. Let's put it that way. You know, it takes there's a learning curve to every place that you go hunting. Even you know the areas that are you know supposed to be easier. I think are get you know, have their set of new challenges. And I think just not appreciating that and just acting like you know it's like well this situation it can't get any worse. It can't get any harder than this. I think it's like. <laughs> It's kind of like, in a way, a cop-out, too, where it's like, well, you know, well, it could be better if I was living in Iowa. It's like, that that's something I don't like. Yeah. There's the best. It could be better if I was in Iowa. It's like, well, then move there or, <laughs> or figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, I agree. It's just, there's a bunch of those things, but I agree with that one, too. They're all, it's all, like you said, there's something different about everywhere, and that's what makes it unique. So no one's, no one's extra special, I guess. Um, and I guess I would say that yeah, that's really the big, the biggest thing. I'm sure I'm sure if I had more time to think about it, I'm sure I could come up with quite the list. But that's just like the number one thing I feel like is, I guess, frustrating. But at the end of the day, too, it's like I think it's something that people kind of get proud of. You know, they 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 like to think that they're hunting the hardest area, and if they have success, then you know, it means more than maybe system, but I, I don't believe that's true, but I think that's why people say that stuff, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's like if you guys were like, well, well, Zach, we killed a buck this year in Nebraska, and, you know, we are hunting the hardest whitetails, <laughs> you just shot one over in, you just shot one over in Ohio, and, you know, that's pretty cool, but, you know, we got one in Nebraska, it's like, oh, maybe it makes Maybe it makes that person feel better. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always a competition, really I think. It's a yeah, comp- that's, I guess that in general, really. It's like that's a pet peeve. Like, it's not a competition. I mean, I, I, I guess I shouldn't say that it's not a competition. I think that it's not a competition against other hunters. I think it's fun to compete against the game that you're pursuing. And that's kind of how I like to think of it. It's like, 
like pronghorn. You know, we were competing against pronghorn. I wasn't competing about, you know, Grant and I weren't competing with other hunters. We weren't trying to, you know, shoot a bigger buff than somebody else. We were just trying to beat pronghorn. You know, we were like, <laughs> trying to beat one pronghorn. We just trying to be better than, you know, the more aware of our surroundings than one pronghorn enough to get in bow range. And I think that that's the competition aspect of it. And I think if you see it that way, you're going to have a lot more fun um, versus trying to compare yourself to another hunter, you know. I've always kind of thought, and I, never, I don't know if this is like true or not, just kind of my thought, but like, do you think kind of like sports related? Because I know you played football and stuff and like really competitive and that kind of thing. Like, do you think that people that are competitive in that way, just like, you know, Tom Brady or Eli Manning or Peyton Manning might be competitive and being really good at their sport? Do you think people that kind of have that competitive drive that maybe, you know, obviously aren't good enough to play in the NFL or NBA or something, they can kind of channel that competitive drive they have towards sports or that kind of thing into hunting, kind of like, I mean, I assume you do, and that's kind of the way I feel too, is like, it's a competition to try to get better. It's just not playing sports, it's, you know, against the deer. Do you think that's like a correlation? Like, you think good hunters kind of have that competitive drive? Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely do, actually. I, I think... I think it can be channeled in the wrong way, though. Kind of like, um, just you know, it's tough to compare. It's it, it's not good. It's not. I don't think it's healthy in hunting to compare yourself to what other people are at. Like measuring success and trying to compare that to you know your success to another person's. I think is just you know unhealthy because. It's just not really what it's about, but I think on the other hand, you can really channel it and, and kind of um, focus on improving yourself and try to set goals. And I think that that aspect of it, like, has really in the last, I mean, it just continues to grow, but I mean, since and probably 2015, you know, like, my motivation to go work out is, you know, thinking of a gobbling turkey or a crawling in on a big buck or, you know, packing out a elk out of, you know, off a mountain at 10,000 feet, you know, it's like trying to improve myself and that's my motivation and I, I mean, I literally just put a, it was actually in the house there in Albia for a while you probably remember it in Brody, but the, there's a bugling bowl poster yeah, I, I see. put it down in the basement where where I work out, you know, because it's just like me versus that bull. Like I'm competing against you, and I think that um, I guess if I think I think that all hunters, not all, but a lot of hunters, you know, channel that competitive side of them. But I think you know, if, if you feel that way, but you feel like you're comparing yourself to other hunters, you know, maybe just try to think how can I like just make this more about me and my goals and my competition versus the animal. How can I improve my 
situation is the same. You know, somebody hunting, you know, one parcel of small private land doesn't have the same, you know, situation as somebody hunting one gigantic piece of public land, or somebody hunting a bunch of small pieces of public land doesn't have the same opportunity as somebody hunting one big piece of private land. And I mean, the list goes on and on of comparisons that you can make, but like, they're not the same hunting situation. You know, I remember one day, Jake and I sat down and we had this conversation about like just straight up comparing our hunting situation to Mike. It was really crazy how, you know, on the surface, you could say, well, Jake grew up in eastern Wisconsin where it's flat, there's small woodlots, not a lot of deer habitat, a lot of private land, basically no public land. Or I shouldn't say basically no public land, but very limited public land. And I grew up in western Ohio small woodlot, not a lot of deer habitat, almost exclusively um, private land. But then you start breaking that down. So, so again, on the surface, it kind of looks similar, right? Like pretty similar habitat and terrain. Um, a, lot of, a lot of broken up small properties, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on and on. But when you start getting down to the nitty gritty, it's like, well, Jake's parents grew up in the same town that he grew up in. Jake's grandparents grew up in the same town that he grew up in. So his aunt and uncle is the same thing. So like just inevitably, the amount of people that Jake knew and had, you know, connections with that he had potential to get permission with, like right out of the gates higher than me, where I'm in a, again, similar situation on the surface, but like my parents didn't grow up where I grew up. Like, when I would go knock on doors to ask for hunting permission, people would say, who's your dad? They'd say, well, you don't know him because he's not from around here. <laughs> you know, like that, that itself like, just goes to show how like, on the surface, one thing can look similar. And if you're comparing that, it just, I don't know, it just gets, you can't really compare unless, and even at that, it's just like, even if somebody is hunting the same exact piece of, pieces of land and, um, you know, if you even purposely lined it up to have the same exact hunting situation, it, it's still like, there's so many factors like experience and um, amount of time being able to spend out there, you know, the, the list goes on and on. And it's just, comparing yourself, it's just not, not good. So I guess, yeah, I kind of got long-winded there. But. <laughs> no, no we've, we've gone on the same rant that you have about the comparing, you know, people comparing deer and different scenarios. So we feel the exact same way. So good stuff there is always from Zach. He's always definitely interesting to talk to. Definitely learned a lot from talking to him. So we'll move on now for our tips for new deer hunters. This was an article on PetersonHunting.com that I thought was good. That if we were new deer hunters or what we know now, what we would tell new deer hunters and kind of go off his article as well. So the first thing he mentioned was to forget social media, which I think is great advice for new deer hunters, just because you don't need to be comparing yourself, which I think is what a lot of new hunters do. Compare yourself to what else is going on in the hunting world. I think hunters that aren't new hunters do that you know, more than they should, let alone new hunters just getting started. Yeah, I think the peer pressure of everything, of like, I have to wait to take a big buck. And it's like, mostly when you start, it's just like getting some hunts under your belt, getting some harvest under your belt, and like not caving to the peer pressure, having to do things a certain way, like find your own style. Yeah, it's like I said, the people 
that have hunted for a long time get caught up in I shouldn't shoot that buck because he's what are people going to say on social media let alone a new hunter who's just getting started like you said the main thing is just getting out there and hunting it shouldn't it doesn't matter what you shoot or what you want to shoot you're a new hunter you're you're not your standards but your goals should be different than maybe somebody else's just because you haven't obviously you're a new hunter you haven't hunted as long and so much on social media like isn't real like it's real but it's like exaggerated or fake and you only see the highlights they don't tell you all the hunts where they screwed something up or didn't go as planned you only see the highlights of them at their best when the moments all came together kind of too yeah it gives you a different perception of reality and what it actually is and what it actually takes and what's actually going on um so use it to like share your hunts you know use it your social media for what it's for to share your hunts and hopefully your successes but i would just leave it at that as far as and social media is not the place for advice either like people will try to tell you their advice their advice to how you should or shouldn't do things on social media most of the time that's probably not where you should get your advice from the comment section on social media yeah where they say free advice is worth what it costs and yeah it's free so that's what it's worth yeah, find and- find information that you trust whether it's like tv shows like the hunting public or you're watching midwest whitetail or whomever it might be like find places and people that you trust to get your inf- information from them and not from the comment section when you post a picture or a tactic or something like that because everybody sure wants to but you know how you did it wrong most of the time. Yeah, Big Buck Hunter 22 probably isn't the guy to be yeah. basing your goals off of or saying, you know, he says that deer's too small, don't go off what he says type of deal. So, like I said, don't, I would say don't read the comments and don't judge your deer like we've talked about before and Zach's talked about. Don't judge your deer compared to others. You're in a completely different situation than they are and just don't read the comments. If you post something, post it, leave it at that. Don't read what somebody says or just post what you want, I guess, and don't. Don't get too wrapped up into the social media thing. Do what you want, and then don't do the, you know, asking yourself, when I post this, what are people going to think? If you want to post it, post it type of a deal. So that would be probably one of the bigger things that's crept up for new hunters is just forgetting the whole social media scene. Just don't even worry about it type of deal. But don't, by any means, don't post, you know, be afraid to post on there. Just be careful what you're using it for and how much you're, you're taking from it. Um, the next thing was have multiple plans, which I think is good for new hunters and seasoned hunters is especially a new hunter. When you're just starting out and you're just learning, you're going to be, things are going to work and things aren't going to work. So having multiple plans is, you know, a good start because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we always get kind of locked down into having a plan and then when things don't go how you think they should and then it kind of throws you for a loop instead of being open to what's going to happen you know even people that have hunted for years kind of go like i'm gonna sit here he's gonna walk into this food plot and i'm gonna kill him well then when he comes in from the wrong direction or he's not there it throws you for a loop so just saying this is my plan a but also have b and c because it's probably not going to go how you have planned we've hunted twice already this year and it's not gone as planned to start the year in two hunts so it's not always going to go that way i was gonna say ours our years already started like that where we needed plan b c and d to go to and especially like a new hunter too you're not gonna it's never good for seasoned hunters let alone new hunters it never works how you think so you need those backup plans that way you still feel confident in what you're doing you're not just kind of running around you know really nearly out in the woods so and that to me starts with research and that's what we do anyways is you know digital map scouting scouting in your preseason to give you those options so that you know what you're you're not trying to do all that in the season and make the decision and hunt all at the same time. We kind of already know where we're going 
on down the line. This happens, we're going here. Then this happens, we're going back here. So we have those plans already, you know, made out or at least thought through that we can just makes it easier to bounce around anyways. But that starts with that off-season work. Yeah, try to make things easier on yourself. Make each decision easier if you can in some way through scouting or trail cameras or, you know, find those steps that can help make the season easier on you. And some of that starts with your being prepared to move around. And you mentioned it earlier, but don't get too committed to one spot. I think we definitely have a, not a tendency, but we have to make sure we don't do that while we're hunting. I think a lot of other hunters do too. It's not get committed to one spot because it's been good in the past or you've seen a buck there, you know, two weeks ago or something like that. Be prepared to move around. Whether that means, you know, having a mobile setup so that you feel like you can move around. You're not hugging a you know, or lugging a big tree stand around the woods and you don't feel like moving because that's what we used to do. You don't feel like moving, so you don't move, so you don't make the moves you're supposed to. So having that mobile setup for people just starting is important to be able to move around. The more you move around, the more you learn, then the better you get. Yeah, so. I think always always be learning, I think, is crucial and not just like, like you said, take, this spot was good last year, so it's going to be good here. Always learn, always look at the sign, always, you know, keep adding stuff to your toolbox on how you how you hunt and what you learn. Um, yeah, and like you mentioned, the best way that we found to learn is to hunt different spots. The more you hunt different spots, different scenarios, different times of year, the more you learn, the faster you can hopefully have some success. So I think that's a big one, too, as well as a social media one, just having multiple plans. It's never going to work. It never works. Yeah. You you can go in thinking you got it nailed, and it never works. So having multiple plans and doing your research to make sure you have multiple plans, I think, um, is important. The third one he talked about is burnout so if you're hunting i think there's a lot of pressure on new hunters to be like the guys they see on social media that hunt every single day or make it appear that they hunt every single day that that almost impossible to be able to keep doing and sustain like you have to take a break yeah especially for new hunters that haven't done it i mean we go pretty hard on the weekends every weekend during the season because we have jobs during the week but like even Everybody's got to take a break at some point, and especially when you're new and like you're trying and maybe you're failing a lot and you just like, this sucks. Like take a break, you know, get that fire back. I know if you go, we go a weekend without hunting, like, okay, yeah, we're ready to get back. Like even once the season ends, we're like, yeah, we're ready for the season to end and just kind of take a little bit of a break. You get two weeks into the off season. You're like, yeah, let's start a season back up here because yep. you're ready to get going. So just take that break, kind of let that fire get back in you for hunting and what you'd like to do and then go back at it. Yeah. I mean, even like you said, even... Like we, like when we get frustrated or maybe things aren't, we needed to break already because the first two days haven't gone how we thought. But it's like when you get frustrated, especially new hunters, if it's not going how you think, sometimes taking that break is important to just reset. Like you said, just reset, refocus, rethink things through. Don't make any, you know, rash decisions about where to go or what to do. And, you know, sometimes it's just a morning sleeping in and going out in the evening. Don't, you don't have to go out every single morning. But sometimes taking that break leads to better hunting than if you weren't taking the break. Mm -hmm. So you can hunt seven days in a row, but maybe if you took a break on the third day and didn't hunt at all, that makes day four, five, and six better than if you just hunted all the way through. Mm -hmm. So I don't think taking a break doesn't mean you're any less of a hunter because you have to, you want to sleep in one day. That doesn't make you any less of a hunter. It might make you a better hunter for the, for the next remaining days. So like I said, especially if you're getting frustrated, you're going to, make mistakes you're going to get lazy if you're not taking that break so sleep in rethink reanalyze and then go back out there so you don't have to be this iron man hunter to be a to kill a buck or anything so 
Um, next thing he says is stay put. So hunting, it, there's a fine line between moving on and having multiple options and knowing when to stay in one spot and when to hunt like all day. So he's saying hunt longer in November, which isn't wrong because the longer you sit, the better chance you have of something sitting by no matter or walking by no matter what you're doing the longer you stand by the road the longer better your chances are of seeing a car come by rather than sitting for a minute so the more you sit in a tree stand the better your chances go um, but for beginners i say hunt as long or as short as you want don't feel like it's november again social media is telling me oh time for all day sits because i'm sure that's what the post will start to happen come October 28th, people are going to say, yep, I've got my snacks for my all-day sit, and they'll show you a picture of their backpack. But if you're new, hunt as long, and even if you're not new, hunt as long or as short as you want. Yeah, I mean, I think that's common sense, but you said, like you said, sometimes social media makes you think you have to do it a certain way, but it just goes back to just developing your own hunting style. Like, don't take social media and be like, i got to do it exactly like this guy does it. Like, just develop your own style and, and go with it, and don't let people deter you. If you just like sitting an hour every morning and that's what you do, go for it. Are you like sitting all day long? Go for it. Just develop your own style, I think's the big takeaway from this whole thing. Yeah, don't feel like, yeah, that's the main one from this one, I guess, like you said, is don't take away from social media what you have to do. Do what you want. And that's what we found. Hunt how we want to hunt. That's going to make you more successful than trying to copy what somebody else is doing. So um, I just want, that was the end of his article. I was going to add some and you can add any if you've thought of any while we've been talking. Um, but for me, one was practice shooting. So we don't probably practice our shooting as much as we should. We have more this year and we continue to as the years go on. Um, but a buck like in bow range is completely different than standing at like 20 yards at a target, like or a turkey or anything. So it's like the more I've been in those situations, the more I've realized like the adrenaline is going to be pumping. It's completely different than just standing there in the yard talking and shooting your bow. So the more practice was with anything, the better you're going to be in that situation and kind of thinking through that situation while you're practicing like telling that's what I have to do is tell myself slow down choose your spot and be good that way when I'm in that situation my brain's gonna go slow down pick your spot and then you're good you just have more confidence in your equipment like know that you know I can pull it back I can be steady just having confidence in your equipment and that you know what to do because in that moment everything's like blank you have like tunnel vision and you're just kind of focused so you're just going to resort back to what you always do so the more you do it the more it's just going to be kind of a fluid process. Yeah, sometimes, and we're, you know, guilty of this, you get caught up in the scouting and the actual hunting portion, and you forget there's the shooting portion that goes into it, and that you have to be good at that shooting portion as well. So something to just not forget about. Um, the other one I have is pay attention. So while on stand, pay attention. It's harder than you think sometimes, especially with a phone, that with the internet that fits in your pocket, and college football games on while you're on the stand. But... Be observing and analyzing, you know, like you mentioned before. If something happens, there's always on every hunt that you can learn from. So don't miss an opportunity to observe something. Learn from every sit, which goes back to paying attention while you're on stand and maybe staying off your phone. I'm not against checking your phone while you're on stand and looking at, you know, Facebook or something. But don't be on it all the time and miss the deer or miss an opportunity, I guess. So it's just harder than you think, especially at the beginning of the season. Because you're not used to sitting for two hours and not doing anything. It takes a little time to get used to it. But after a while, you get used to sitting for two hours, three hours, and it doesn't seem like very long. So that was another one um, that I threw in there. And to wrap up, do you have anything else to wrap up? Mm. Tips for new hunters or anything? Basically, I think what we're saying is do what you want. Don't make decisions off social media. 
you know, stuff private land big buck killers are doing. That's probably not your situation, so don't base what you're doing off of them. Do what you want, develop your own hunting style, and learn, and you'll be fine. Yep, agree. Just be yourself, really. So move on now to the second one. This was a Wired to Hunt article, or I believe Mark Kenyon interviewed Andre Diacuesto of Lone Wolf Custom Gear about his, you know, scouting style, how he scouted big bucks, and I thought it was interesting. It was pretty similar to ours, but I thought there was a lot of ways that we could still learn, obviously, from what he was doing. Um, so he's a boots-on-the-ground type scout person, which we are too. We, we really enjoy just doing boots-on-the-ground on scouting in January and February and March before it starts to green up. Um, which is something that I think a lot of people anymore do, but if you're not doing it, there's more you can learn from boots on the ground than just the aerial map because things look completely different than they do just looking at Google Earth anyways. Um, So he said just that desire to learn more. So as I said, that's one thing that we're the same or I connected with what he was saying is that we're always, half the time I'm on stand and there's a spot I haven't gone and looked at that I can see from my stand and I have to fight the urge to climb down and just want to go scout it. So that desire to learn more about the areas you're hunting, I think, is important. Yeah, that goes back to what we talked about earlier, with just always wanting to learn more. Like, you never have figured everything out. There's always something you can learn and take away from everything you do, and I think that makes you a better hunter, and that's why they're so good. Yeah, and the, like I have down here, too, the more you know, the better decisions you can make. So the more you know about the area you're hunting, you can go, man, I didn't see anything here, but some does were... You know, I seen them across there, wonder why they're over there. Like, oh yeah, there's a pinch point over there. Like, maybe there's some bucks going through there and you can move. Where if you didn't scout it or you didn't know there was a a food source or a a water creek crossing or something, the more you know, the better, like I said, the better decisions you can make, hopefully the better hunts that you'll have. So he says he doesn't really use aerial imagery, which is where we differ a little bit. We tend to, at least for an initial scouting or a starting point anyway so that just makes it easier so when we do the boots on the ground scouting we kind of know where to start and we know the lay of the land anyways yeah we kind of give this we don't go like full in depth on it like we're not like full in on the top of map but yeah it gives us a place to start and build our scouting and our hunting off of i think there's only so much you can learn from an aerial map because i've looked at them before and tried to dissect them and then you get in there and it's hillier than you think or it's flatter or, you know, you thought it was kind of shrubby CRP, turns out it's brome grass and there's nothing in it. And like it completely, it doesn't look half the time to me anyways what it looks like in the aerial map. So that's why you can only do so much like edge or this is like a good bedding area. Or this is far away from parking areas or there's a creek here we can cross to get away from people, all that sort of stuff. But as far as, I know some people really dive into it and like pick specific stands based off of it. When I've tried to do it just based off an aerial map, it just hasn't worked out as well as boots on the ground mm-hmm. scouting. Um, we'll move on now to how he uses trail cameras, which again is kind of similar to what we do and what we've talked about in some of the past episodes, but pretty much just a buck inventory deal. So he's just using it to get an inventory and see what bucks are in the area, which is what we use it for. Yeah, I know we've talked about that before on different podcasts to go into it, but... Yeah, it's just figuring out if there's bucks in the area, then we're letting that boots on the ground scouting tell us where they're going to be or where the best places to set up on them is going to be. Yep. And moving on, he goes to like spring scouting, which I think is one the most popular time for a lot of people to do scouting, January, February, March, which, you know, as most of you have probably heard, 
the leaves are off the trees. You can still see the rubs. They look fairly fresh. You can see them better. You can see tracks. You can see the woods looks like it's going to look in the fall. And we've gone, we've done some summer scouting, but that summer growth makes it real hard to actually see what you need to see. So we've pretty much stopped doing it unless we have to. Yeah, unless we, we don't just, like, like doing it. Get to something, you know, so we have to check it out. But like, like you said, we went to a spot and hung a truck hammer there in the summer and had scouted it in the spring and like January time frame. And you went back and said, we probably wouldn't have hung a truck cam here because you can't see the trail or see any of the sign that we saw when you could see for a long ways in there because it looks like it does in November. I think you walk, you walk past way more good stuff just because it doesn't look like what you're used to hunting or seeing yeah. sign. It don't look like what you see during deer season. Yeah. So it kind of throws you for a loop a little bit. Yeah. Like you said, I've, I've, you know, we've gone into places to hang trail cameras in spots that you know are good. And if you walked in in the summer to try and scout it, you'd go, I wouldn't think this was here. Plus then it's buggy and wet. And then you're just like, ah, I gotta get out of here instead of yeah. like taking your time and yep. like really dissecting stuff and looking around and, you know, taking as much time as you need instead of like swapping mosquitoes and trying to get out of there. Yeah. Cause you're just trying, like you said, you're just that's trying 95 to, degrees and humid. You're or trying something. to get out. You're not mm-hmm. trying to look for what you need to look for. So that's why. We used to do more of the summer scouting, but it just doesn't seem to work out. I don't find what I need to find. I don't do what I'm supposed to. You leave wondering if you missed stuff half the time. So don't we don't do, and he doesn't do, the summer scouting either. I don't know that a lot of people do. Some people do, but I just can't. It doesn't work for us, I guess, anyways. And we're just going to do what, what works for us. So, And moving on to kind of how he hunts now. He says he hunts what is hot, the hot sign. So he's very mobile but he's not hunting old signs. So we try to be this way anyways, but sometimes we get, like we mentioned before, you get stuck on certain spots sometime and you shouldn't, but we've tried to become more this way. So I think we need to concentrate more on it too, like find the fresh sign. So now as the rubs are coming off, if we see rubs anywhere, if we're walking into somewhere else, you probably just need to hunt where the rubs are this early mm-hmm. in September because there's bucks there because there's just not that many of them. So, and even give it a, you know, three weeks. And if we're not seeing the bucks, it's going to be time to go in and scout and find where they're at. Like hunt where they're, the fresh sign is. You can always yeah, circle back around to the other spots. Um, he also says too, if nothing happens, and I thought this was interesting. If nothing's happening on a hunt or nothing had happened, he climbs down, pokes around and finds the sign that he needs. So if he goes in for a hunt in like two weeks or something, and he doesn't see the deer, he climbs down and then finds it. That way the next time in, he knows where he's going. He doesn't just climb down and go, oh, well, I'll look on an aerial map or something. He just climbs down and finds it, which I think is an interesting approach that we might be able to use, and maybe you guys might be able to use. I just thought it was real interesting that if we're not seeing what we need to see find on some of these properties, to see. <laughs> they're small enough, just get down and find it. Like, why would we not get down and find them? Like, why have we not done that before? Like, should we, we should just go find it. Like, well, that makes complete sense. Like, why did we not do that? So I thought that was real interesting that he just, like, I didn't see what I needed to see. So I'm going to climb down and find what I need to see so I know where to hunt the next time in. That way you're not guessing where you need to go. You already know where you need to go. And if you bump something, you bump something. Like we've always said, where well, now you know where he's at. So you can either come back to it this year in a week, or you can come back to it next year. But now you know where he's at. It's not going to hurt you. Um and get aggressive which we need to take this advice which we're trying to do which we tried to do last night if you go to our whitetail instinct channel and watch the blog that either is out or will be coming out depending on when this one comes out 
should be out already, but we got aggressive. The Bucks just didn't show up. But we need to take that advice, and that's probably our goal for this year, is to get more aggressive. Don't worry about messing things up. And that's a quote that he said. So just don't worry about messing things up. Go in, get aggressive, and, you know, we have a property that's set up to kind of push those limits, which we went to. So hopefully we can get aggressive more this year. But those are just some of the things that I thought were kind of similar to how we hunt. It seemed like we had a similar style. He obviously does it to a higher level than we've done it. But I think there's things that we can learn. Like I said, the biggest one to me was that when it, if we're not seeing what we need to see, let's climb down and find what we need to see, which is something we've talked about doing anyways. So. Yep. Just always learning. I think it's probably the takeaway from all of this today is just to keep keep learning. If you're not seeing the sign you want to see, go find what you want to see so you can have better hunts and stay aggressive with it. Yep. So that will wrap up this podcast so we'll have more with zach on the next podcast um as brody mentioned before deer season has started so we're having uh videos blog videos out on our whitetail instinct channel so make sure to head over there check those out and make sure to keep tuning back in every monday for the out here show podcast